Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers. Welcome back to the show. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. We're trying to combine intentional life steps with a little bit of politics, a little bit of current events, all the good stuff so that we can all be more intentional with our lives. Today we're talking about an article that I found, don't laugh at me, I found it on bellybelly.com, which is a site for new moms, baby stuff, pregnancy, all that stuff. No, no, I'm none of those things. I just happened to stumble across this site and it led me to this food pyramid article and I thought it was interesting. So with that being said, let's get into it. But first, of course, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store and then you go to use it and it's not very absorbent? Basically a towel leaving you out to dry. It kind of sucks. That's why my pillow has developed my pillow towels, towels at work. I know it's crazy. Towels that dry you. The six piece towel set with code Morgan includes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors and it's only $39.98. Again, with promo code Morgan, go to mypillow.com, promo code Morgan, 10 year warranty, 60 day money back guarantee. Again, you guys go to mypillow.com, promo code Morgan. Thank you. Okay. So now to this fascinating article, the title is, did the food pyramid cause our obesity crisis? Three Major Mistakes Health Officials Made. It's written by Maria Payanov. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that last name wrong. But it starts out with, if you grew up in the U.S. in the 1990s to early 2000s, a.k.a. me, I was born in 96, chances are you saw the food pyramid everywhere. I did. Did you guys? I saw the food pyramid everywhere, and it was taught to us in our schools. It says posters were hung in school cafeterias, food products were labeled with it, and pages in our health textbooks were devoted to the pyramid. This, quote, healthy eating pyramid, end quote, was the cornerstone of everyone's nutrition and of nutrition education provided in schools. Yes, let me repeat that. When I was in school, we learned about how we should form our plate and our daily diet around the food pyramid. The article says, want to be healthy? Just base your diet on the easy-to-follow food pyramid, or so we were told. Decades later, we're realizing eating according to the food pyramid isn't as easy as we thought. Even more worrisome, current research shows the food pyramid might be one of the biggest culprits in the obesity and diabetes epidemic. So what went wrong? How did one of our biggest ever public health campaigns backfire? I mean, geez, how did government involvement in such an intricate part of people's daily lives backfire? Oh my gosh. The question next is, what is the food pyramid? In 1988, public health officials in the U.S. began research into the effects and potential causes of the rising rates of obesity and diabetes, because like in 1980, it skyrocketed. And then it says in 1992, they released a 700-page report containing new nutrition guides, which were illustrated in the food pyramid. The most noticeable recommendations were at the top and bottom. One, it said use fats and oils sparingly, And two, it said incorporate 6 to 11 servings of carbohydrates into the daily diet. In the midst of rising obesity rates, it seemed to make sense to limit fat in order to control weight. 
This recommendation also coincided with the 1978 Seven Countries study published by Ansel Keys. The findings were in line with his diet-heart hypothesis, which suggested dietary fat, particularly dietary saturated fats and cholesterol, were major causes of heart disease. In addition to those major recommendations, they also advised two to three servings of dairy a day, two to three servings of protein, such as meat, beans, and nuts, three to five servings of vegetables, and two to four servings of fruit. What research now shows, however, is the two major recommendations, one to limit fat and two to consume a lot of carbohydrates, could be a root cause of the current obesity epidemic. Just a decade after the food pyramid was released, 82% of Americans surveyed believed the food pyramid was the key to a healthy diet. Yeah, because we were taught so by our government schools. Even so, many Americans were overweight or obese. Following the principles of the food pyramid didn't reduce the obesity rate. In fact, obesity and diabetes continued to rise despite the major public health campaign behind the pyramid, aka the major taxpayer dollars that were put to promote this thing that ended up making us sicker. So now we get into the three major mistakes that health officials made. The previous major health campaign in the U.S. was the anti-smoking campaign. We quickly saw rates of lung disease and cancer associated with smoking tobacco decrease as more consumers were educated about the risks of smoking. The smoking campaign was simple. It said, don't smoke, and you will reduce your risk of associated health problems. The simple campaign had huge success, and health officials used it as the model for the dietary guidelines and food pyramid campaign. As it turns out, however, nutrition proved to be a much more complex issue. Now, fascinatingly enough, I actually found an interesting video about how big tobacco companies actually bought food companies, big food. So I'm going to play that little video for you right here, and then we'll get into it. We have been duped. This is really some story of American business ingenuity using science, using the might of big tobacco to turn our foods into another addictive drug. Some of the biggest producers of processed foods were known as big tobacco. In 1985, R.J. Reynolds acquired Nabisco for $4.9 billion and Philip Morris acquired General Foods in a $5.75 billion deal. Philip Morris added Kraft to its portfolio in 1988. By the time big tobacco began acquiring food companies, they had decades of experience studying and optimizing the speed with which their products delivered nicotine to the brain. They continue to harness that science in their food products. Is it not extremely frustrating that so many solvable problems in our society stem from the fact that solving that problem would necessarily disrupt a very profitable financial scheme? So like I said, I was just scrolling Instagram and found that and I found it to be quite interesting. Um, But let's get back into it with the three major mistakes. Number one, The food pyramid never differentiated between healthy fats and unhealthy processed fats, which is kind of a big deal. Health officials felt it was important to keep the food pyramid simple. The simplest way to educate consumers on fat was to just recommend limiting fat intake. So, you know, they wanted to simplify it for us dum-dum people. And then instead of saying, hey, there's healthy fats and unhealthy fats, they just told us to remove fats in general. The article says what we now know about fats is that they are essential to good health. They contribute to basic cellular structure, steroidal hormone synthesis, sorry guys, I'm a dum-dum, and nutrient absorption. The key is to consume abundant healthy natural fats, including animal fats, and limit as far as possible processed oils and fats rich in omega-6. Now here's the thing. I saw something about how like the fertility of women is 
an issue. And when we look at the general health practices promoted to women, we've been told to eat a completely lacking our needed nutrients. And by that, it's like women should diet on salad, which it turns out it's like, okay, now salad actually has these bad things that release into our body because we're eating raw plants, who knows what, right? That's hard to keep up with. But we're also told, you know, limit your red meat, ladies. Don't eat fatty things. Don't even eat dark chicken. When you're given the option, choose the white meat instead of the dark meat on a chicken and really just stick to a completely fatless, nutrientless chicken breast, no skin on it, nothing. And by the way, cook it in smart balance or something, or like, I can't believe it's not butter because that's healthy for you too. So they have put women especially into a box of what kind of stuff they should be consuming. And I think it's been really lacking in natural fats, but I digress. That's my little rant. So although nutrition science has come a long way, it turns out the authors of the food pyramid were already aware of the differences between healthy and unhealthy fat. Even so, they decided to simplify the message and leave out that vital information. So the people that wrote the food pyramid knew it would be bad to have people strip natural healthy fat out of their diet, and then they still wanted to sell it in a simple way, so they just decided to sell it as kind of a lie anyways. You might think limiting fat couldn't possibly create a problem. However, processed food manufacturers took the opportunity to use the guidelines and create a $35 billion low-fat and no-fat food industry. Hmm. These low-fat and no-fat foods used the food pyramid fat recommendations to market their products as, guess what, healthy. When manufacturers removed fat, however, they still needed their products to taste good. Fat was therefore replaced with sugar and refined carbohydrates, which fueled the obesity crisis. Consumers believed they were making healthy choices, while their waistlines continued to expand. On a positive note, the American Heart Association has recently moved away from recommending a low-fat diet. Interesting. The 2015 Dietary Guidelines also removed the limit originally placed on dietary cholesterol. Simply put, fat is a necessary component of our diet. Healthy fats, like those found in nuts, olive oil, eggs, for example, have a place in a healthy diet. Processed fats, like those found in chips, commercial baked goods, and so on, are the fats that should be avoided or used sparingly. Now on to mistake number two. Was it a mistake? I don't know, but that's what the article says. Number two, the food pyramid recommended a high-carbohydrate diet. Our bodies need fuel to function. Carbohydrates are an excellent source of fuel. However, the big mistake the food pyramid made was, once again, to simplify a complex issue. Like fats, carbohydrates can be healthy or unhealthy. Research compiled from 1988 to 1992 showed these differences, but health officials opted to keep it simple and did not differentiate between complex and simple carbohydrates. Unrefined carbs, like vegetables, certain fruits, and some whole grains, can be part of a healthy diet. Refined carbs, such as processed white breads, white pasta, cereals, and white crackers are easily broken down by our bodies and quickly converted to sugar. Refined carbs, processed into low-fat foods, were extremely popular but offered little nutritional value and lots of sugar. Children could have a glass of orange juice, white toast with margarine, and a sugary breakfast cereal with skim milk and be well within the food pyramid guidelines. And you guys, that was basically my breakfast, okay? Th because that's what was told to the parents of America that their children should be consuming. And that's also what was served 
as breakfast, or if you think about it in the lunch terms, that's the kind of stuff that's served to children in schools across the country. But I digress. But for their bodies, a meal so high in refined carbohydrates, simple sugars, and highly processed oils was essentially a recipe for obesity, inflammation, and chronic disease. Now, here's the thing that I find interesting. I was just talking to a nurse practitioner last night, and he was talking about how he agrees with me, and this is the thing, he leans to the left, right? And we didn't really get into it, but he leans a little to the left, but we agreed on the health stuff. And we were talking about the food pyramid and the issues with how these big food companies and these frozen food companies and whoever else they all use government approved information like this that's actually wrong to get their products into schools. And we talked about this in the last episode with how the heck is pizza considered a vegetable by the United States government? Well, <laughs> frozen food companies that make frozen pizzas wanted to get their pizzas put into schools because imagine the the money that's in a guaranteed school year contract for that company, right? That's guaranteed demand and they could just supply it and bada bing, bada boom. So what did they need though to be able to get that contract? They needed to find a reason why children should have a slice of pizza count as a healthy lunch for them. Now, you guys can see why that's a problem. They ended up counting pizza as a vegetable because they said there's two tablespoons or whatever of tomato sauce on the pizza. So it's technically a vegetable in the eyes of the US government allowing all of those pizza providers to then step in and provide it for the school. So now you have school children in the country eating that. But I take it as like, all right, I love childhood development. Allie at my nonprofit, she helps a lot with the communism interviews and stuff. She works with me. She has a degree in all this stuff. But when you think of how early American school children are waking up, and I know the younger kids wake up a little bit later, but it's still, you're waking up super early in the morning. How much sleep are you really getting, by the way? Especially though, when you start to get into middle school and high school, you're still a growing body. You're still a growing young person, developing, growing your mind especially. And you need fuel. And so if you're waking up and you're having like a bowl of cereal or who knows what else, and you're not even eating breakfast even, and then you're going to school. My first class was at like 7.30 in the morning. Can you imagine that? Your first class, and what if you have calculus? First class in the morning at 7.30, you've got calc. You have that, and then you have, uh, we had, I think, six classes a day. Maybe I'm, it's been a long time, you guys. You have hour after hour of just really hardcore information being put into your mind. You're at a pivotal point in your body's development of your crucial organs. And as you turn into adulthood, you want your mind to be in peak development mode, but when you go to get fuel for your lunch and you maybe don't have a mom to pack you a lunch or you don't have the means to have that happen and you have a school lunch provided to you, whether it's because of the taxpayer dollars that provide children that need that kind of financial support or you know what, you just wanted to pay for it, the school, the American government that's supposed to support us, they've allowed greedy people seeking profit that don't care about our health to say, you know what you need right now? You developing mind, you growing brain, you, you should have a piece of pizza and then go and have hours more of very straining education on really tough topics. Because a lot of the topics, like it, it's a lot of work to sit for hours a day and get drilled on topic after topic. I mean, you're really 
learning quite a lot. And so you need all the fuel that you can get. And so that's why I have a problem with this is because these big companies are making money. Government people are allowing it to happen. They're making these lies okay. And then it has an impact on the ability for these children's brains to even develop in a healthy way because that's what they're eating when they're in their pivotal stages. I could go on a rant about this, but I'm just going to stop. But the nurse practitioner was saying that he has the same problem and concern because these young children need the best kind of food and instead they're getting completely neglected by our government. The article says the lack of differentiation between unrefined carbs and refined carbs also fueled the $35 billion low-fat and no-fat industry. Changes to recommended guidelines happen slowly when billions of dollars are at stake. Yeah, exactly. And number three, the food pyramid and the food industry contributed to a massive increase in sugar, carbohydrate, and calorie intake. In theory, a public health campaign designed to reduce obesity and diabetes should lead consumers to eat fewer calories and less sugar. However, the combination of oversimplified guidelines and the billions of dollars at stake created the perfect storm of poor health for those who attempted to follow the food pyramid guidelines. Today, compared to the 1970s, the average American consumes 60 pounds more grain per year, 30 pounds of more sugar per year, and 400 more calories per day. The simplified guidelines in the pyramid shape were deceptive in terms of what a healthy diet really looks like. The wide-bottomed pyramid made the high-carbohydrate diet appear necessary. At the same time, health officials failed to educate the public about the big difference between processed carbs and healthy, unprocessed, unrefined carbs and the billion-dollar food industry certainly wasn't going to differentiate them for us. So what does a genuinely healthy diet look like? The biggest problem with the food pyramid was in the way it was created. It was an attempt to oversimplify an extremely complex issue and recommend a one-size-fits-all approach to a healthy diet. But here's the thing, you guys. This article says, you know, eating healthy and actually understanding all this stuff is extremely complex, and so it's the government's fault for oversimplifying it and selling it to us. But I would say in reality, you should pretty much know, hey, this is healthy and this is not. If you are eating something that you can't pronounce the ingredients inside of it and you're looking at the box and half of the box is filled with the ingredients, maybe just ask yourself, gee, maybe I shouldn't put this in my body. And I, I can't remember who the heck was talking about it, but he was saying something similar of like, listen, you know what's good and what's bad for you. Don't lie to yourself. Eat natural, whole food. The food that is actually food. Not things that are combined in a factory, in some tube, and then made to look like food, and colored to look like food, and added artificial chemical flavoring to taste kind of like food. You know that that's not food. Don't lie to yourself, okay? Eat food, and you're probably going to be a lot better off, all right? So I like that little tidbit that he had. But here's this, Belly Belly contributor Fang Wan Liu, so sorry I pronounced that wrong, says, the truth is a healthy diet will look different person to person. We need to take into consideration medical history, pathology reports, gut health, immune health, personal health goals, physical activity levels, and so much more when deciding eating protocol for someone. And I get that, okay? But at the same time, it's pretty simple. And there's a lot of things that we have normalized eating these days that we probably just shouldn't be consuming. And I know I say this example a lot, but it's like, Think of a Cheeto. That thing is like a puff. A puff of what exactly? I don't know anymore. And the powder on it is also just a, a substance. 
And it's not cheese, but it tastes like cheese. And it's neon orange. And you can look at it and be like, should I eat this neon orange puff with no cheese in it that's labeled a a cheese puff or a cheese tasting puff? How did it come to be in existence? And maybe I just shouldn't eat it. I don't know. So I look at like the neon glow of that food and that alone is enough for me now to be like, you know, I used to love these things and I'm just not feeling it anymore because it just doesn't, it's not food. You know what I mean? It's just not food. So that's how my mind works now. And well, I guess this is all the more you know. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I'll see you next episode. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye.